Hi everyone, this is Deborah Rodriguez and welcome to my podcast once again. I am here with week two titled Travailing Through Trials, The Art of Pushing Through When There's Too Much to Bear. So I'm very excited to bring you guys week two because this is a continuing of week one and I want to talk to you guys and add, uh, basically tell you guys the full story and more of what part two of the part one and how this journey helped me so much throughout my life even now and what God was doing with my character. So first I want to go ahead and get into it. I want to start with uh, this week's Bible verse and this week's Bible verse is coming from Jeremiah 17 and 7. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots by the stream it is not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green it has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit all right so this verse is so important you guys because this is basically talking about the preparation and how when we go through things and we become rooted in god when we experience hard things in our life, we won't be shaken. And so with my journey, this was some really shaking that was happening in my life. But I want to tell the story of what happened when I faced this same exact trial again and how I was able to get through it and how I was able to come out of it and how God used this to prepare me and just the reaction of how I was before it happened versus after I had experienced it and it happened because these were two different I was two different people at this time and so I want to tell you guys this story and I want to really get into it about what happened my journey even after the trial even after coming out of those six months going through what I was still experiencing and how I was able to become victorious over this to push through so I want to say, uh, I want to go ahead and pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you today, God. I just, if there's any distraction, any distraction in my around my listeners, even right now, God, I just pray that you clear any distractions right now. I know the election just is, is going through all these things, but God, let's just bring our focus on you right now and focus on what you're trying to do in our lives right now because we are, you are still um, in charge regardless of what is going on you're still in charge and you're still going to be in charge so that's who we keep our faith in right now god i just pray that you continue to decrease us continue to show us even through this time uh that there's anger there's a lot of people angry with what's going on but continue to keep us in your wings and uh show us that you are here with us uh, even more than before you were you have always been here with us and you will always be so keep us not distracted in this time but keep us on track as to what we're supposed to do in this time right now give us a real um there's anybody who is uneasy lord i just pray that you uh give them just a peace right now in their hearts and their mind uh, to be able to just depend on you and to trust in you and to continue uh, forward and it's time I just pray for leaders as they get ready to preach on Sundays that they are uh, their mind is ready 
their spirit is ready to be able to minister the word and not be distracted, but be able to minister the word of God unto your people. And anyone that is uh, listening under the sound of my voice, God, I just pray a special uh, prayer over them, a protection, a hedge of protection, that they are protected spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically in this time right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to get into it, you guys. I am finishing off from week two. And what I want to talk about in week, I mean, from week one, what I want to talk about in week two is something that is uh, very important uh, to add on to week one. Week one, I talked about the faith walk. I talked about the long walk. I talked about going from house to house, the different things that I had to experience going from house to house in just a quiet time in the wilderness that God put me through. And so what I want to talk about is being rooted, being rooted. And it says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence and confidence is in him. Even in, these, in this time, you guys, like it's, if you trusting in somebody, trusting in somebody, that's how you know, this is how you really know when you trust, because you trust and having faith is trusting. It's trusting whatever outcome that happens that you're going to be all right. And so when I talked about the roller coaster, when I went down the roller coaster and I went backwards and the Lord revealed to me what, what I was going to go through and all these different things, I had to trust God in that time because I was, I knew that this meant that I was going to have to trust in him through the next, these next phase of my life, these next few years of my life. You know, even now that God was going to take me through some things where I had to completely depend and trust on him. So imagine yourself with a blindfold on, you cannot see. You don't see what's coming up in your life. You don't know what's getting ready to happen. You don't really know. You don't really know what's happening. Like in the next two years, the next year, you don't know. You don't know if something bad is going to happen in your life. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're trusting that you're going to be all right. You're trusting that God is going to keep you in his wings and that you're going to be all right. And so this is this having a trust, having a trust, trust is the first step into becoming rooted because in order to allow God to do something with you, to work your character, to change and mold you, you have to be able to trust what he's doing, even though you don't see that person on the other side. So many times we fight, we, we fight the process. We don't want to like change or do things in our exterior or even in our life or character because we are afraid of what we're going to see on the other side. And so for me, I, I just picture myself like in this cocoon, you know, baking in this cocoon, like burning in this cocoon around, not really understanding, but God was molding me, taking little things out of me. Uh, yes, there's still a process. There's There will always be a process, you guys, literally. There will always be a process of me trying to have patience, but there was something, of, um, I mean, that, that happened in this process of long suffering and long suffering is patience you know and I might I, I will say there are certain tolerances that we have I know that walked prepared me for a certain patience that I was going to need now in the last, last few years that I went through I knew that that walk was going to prepare me for something that I was going to get ready to go through and I want to talk about that so I'm going to talk where I finished off. And where I finished off was I went back home. Um, I told you guys, created boundaries with the, with the family, different things. I ended up um, praying, 
different things like that. And I just remember I had to come back. And, you know, when I came back home, there was a lot of things that were addressed that I addressed that I experienced as a child and going up, growing up. And so there was times where, you know, I addressed the abuse. I addressed certain things. And, you know, my aunt act like it didn't happen. So I had to remind her, no, this did happen. You understand? I understand this is, you're still coming out of this. You're still in this atmosphere. But this did happen to me. You know, yes, I'm going to create this boundary. But this did happen, happen to me. So I remember coming home with just being able to see. I left home with piercings, you know, nose ring, etc. And I came back home completely different. You know, I came back a whole nother different person. My family during that time, even when I was uh, um, coming back, I remember my family. I just was, I remember calling my aunt. I was living in a, in a house, a place, and I just wanted to go home. And I remember calling my aunt and I remember telling her uh, just a lot of things. And just what she said, you know, how she said that I had, that I just had too many faults to be called by God you know I remember that and I noticed that sometimes people will tell you you have faults and they have it's because they have faults you know they have issues and they don't think that God can use you or this can happen so it was just so much stuff going on I was persecuted from all ends uh when I went home I ended up having to leave both of my cats and walk in front of Walmart it was just horrible um I I really ended up leaving everything I I wasn't dancing. I, I wasn't doing anything. So it was like I left my whole old life behind. And so, which was really hard for me because God has stripped every single thing. Uh, for every single thing was stripped from me. Nothing. I, I remember telling myself I was losing everything. And I remember saying, at least I, I, at least I have dance. I still have dance. All of a sudden, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you know, so everything. Every God says, you know, it was, it was everything. You know, and I remember being at a church at a church as a teen, and I remember the pastor of the church would say, uh, "If you lose your life, you'll find your life. But if you hold on to your life, you'll lose your life." And that, you know, yes, that was scripture, but that specific. This was a woman pastor. I was going to a church, and this was a specific. This stuck with me. It stuck with me, and they just kept echoing through my head and at this time you know I had this is when I had everything I was people thought I had a makeup artist this celebrity whatever and I realized that you know I got all this stuff but like people don't know who I am they really don't know who I am and I remember going to school at this time just to rewind I remember going to school and um, I had went through a really bad issue, you know, with uh, at, a, at a school, really bad betrayal. And so I ended up moving schools. And I'll tell you guys what happened with that, how I ended up moving schools. But when I was going to the school, everybody, I had a lot of friends. And when I, when I came into the, the campus, people just turned and stopped and turned back. And I, I was always the center of attention when I walked through. It was like that. As soon as I came, people were waiting for me to come to school. And so I remember one day around this time that I was going through this transformation, just going back to before I went from house to house, a friend, I, didn't, I came to school with some uh, baggy, like, um, 
there was some, it was like these uh, military pants, you know, like cargo, cargo. I had like a black crew neck, you know, and some black leg band things on it. I had free, my free style braids were like blonde, a uh, big, like poofy, you know, um, lioness, like, like, and I didn't have one any makeup. And I remember, um, I remember God was really doing something with me. And so God was leading me to not wear like makeup, you know, because I was stripping. I had a lot of vanity, you know, I had a lot of like, I wore makeup like every single day, every day I had to have it on. I cannot leave the house with it on. And I feel like that was a problem. So he was stripping me from this lifestyle of, 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 of fame and vanity, you know? And, um, I remember going to coming to school and I'd have on any makeup and my friend who's, he's an actor now. He, probably in Chicago or something but I came into the building and he said are you okay like you don't have no makeup on and I remember I came in the next day this is day two that I came in with no makeup and he said this is day two and you don't have any makeup on and he was like what's wrong with you are you okay and I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I just didn't really like, he was like, he, he was like, look, sit down, sit down. You just need to journal. You need to write it out. Like it was almost like people were looking up to me so that they could live their day. Like I needed to be on point. I needed to be put together so that people could feel like they were put together. And I felt like that was an issue. I was like, why, why am I, why do I determine your day and your, what you're doing? And so I realized that it became this idolistic thing and, you know, self-idolization is still, is still sin. You know, you got pride and different things. So I just felt like I could not be myself. I was in the shell. I could not be myself. And I had so much people like looking up to me, different things. And I felt like I wasn't not myself underneath this shell. And this is another reason why I asked God to teach me some things. So people thought that I was, you know, outside when I would come to college, go to college, I was very a social butterfly, talking to everybody. But when I got home, I was I was listening to music all the time. I was uh, dancing in the living room. I was reading the Bible. I was reading like I'm I'm a dork that people don't realize, but I am very much a dork. I am still a dork now. I am a artistic nerd. Basically, it was always music, choreography, listening to something, trying to articulate the beats of music, trying to figure out or on my toes or doing something else. This is what I was doing in the studio, whatever. But I was very not what people expected, you know, not this prideful, know it all type of person. I didn't really like, yeah, I was a cheerleader on and the uh, varsity cheerleading team the first year of college. Uh, because they didn't have a dance team. Then I ended up joining, uh, ended up being in a dance company in college. So I did a lot of things, but that really wasn't who I was, you know? So I want to get in, uh, back, back into it. I, God needed to root me. And so I went through this process of going through all of this stuff, all of this stuff, going from house to house and all this stuff. And it felt painful. It was painful. It felt almost like everything being stripped from me like as if I'm standing up my arms are out 
and my legs are out and somebody is pulling each arm and each leg and pulling it really hard and I'm losing myself. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. But I'm going to tell you guys how this helped me so much. So at that time, after going through all this stuff, I ended up having an eviction on my credit. I had like a bad credit. I talked about all of this stuff I had. And um, it was so bad to where, you know, I was at home. And then after I moved home, I ended up moving into an apartment. And even after I moved into an apartment, my credit was bad. It was still bad. Like I couldn't even... I couldn't even get, um, I couldn't even like, I couldn't even get an apartment. Like that's how bad it was. Like I had to either have some, take over a lease or I think I talked about that in another podcast. I had to take over a lease or I had to like sublet, which is when you kind of finish someone else's lease. So that's what I had to do. And I had to do that for that whole year in 2018. Like I had to, I had to do that. So what happened was um, I ended up being able to have a spot. Me and my sister moved in together. She ended up moving to going into her first master's and I was at the apartment by myself and, um, I ended up, uh, moving out of that apartment. So what happened is at that time I got, uh, sexually assaulted twice on the Metro bus by two different men, uh, touched my leg and got off the road, my leg and got off the bus, same, two different buses in the same, once in the same, like twice in the same month. I got physically assaulted by a Caucasian guy at the at the bus stop. He called me a nigger. Uh, I tried to call the police. He slapped my hand. Another woman had to call the police. It was horrible. I went through all of that stuff in the same in 2017, and um, I took a break from podcast. You know, and it didn't hit me. I was still going to work. I was working full time, still going to work at a school. I was teaching ballet, and I continued to go. And I was going through all of this stuff and. I just had, when I was going through that, that time, it was just like a silence in my spirit. It was just like this silence in my spirit that really, it was almost like I was trusting God in this because I didn't understand why I had to be violated or hurt, but it was almost like it took me back to how I I felt as a child when I went through a lot of abuse, but it triggered me. And so what happened was, what I had went through in this time had triggered me, triggered things from my past. And this is why I started uh, the, the, when I started the podcast, um, Thriving Through the Root of Darkness. This podcast that is, that's on the podcast series that I recorded some months ago is based on what I was experiencing in that time. So travailing through trials is another, me coming to you guys in another um, basically another light because in, in thriving through the roots of darkness, I was going through this. I was going through healing. So when you guys were hearing me, how I sound really like you would hear, I sound very quiet. I sound very like, like almost like, hello, this is the Lord. You, I was, you guys, my spirit was so broken. I was trying to come out toward the end of that podcast series. You can tell my voice has changed. And I even took a break after that. But this, I'm coming to you guys in another, basically in another mindset because I have gotten through that and I have come out of that. And so I want to tell that story just in a different way, if that makes sense. So during the time, all of that stuff happened. I was going through this stuff, this and this, and I moved from where I was living because I let someone move in. 
uh, to my place. And I think I talked about this in um, one of the last month's podcasts. So I ended up moving into a townhouse. And uh, around this time, I was still going through some stuff. I uh, This was the, the uh, attempted homicide that happened in, the, in that apartment um, with the knife and everything. And so I had to move. And um, at the apart- at the townhouse, what happened was uh, I moved the friend in. And uh, she was actually going through so much. And uh, there was like... Um, knife marks on the tub and rock marks on my on my um, mirror and at this time I was living in this townhouse but I was already going through stuff but God used me to bring in to other people the other person didn't have anywhere to stay and my sister actually came back and my sister already told her story I believe on her page where my sister had got raped in where she was going to um, school. So God had showed her a dream and God showed her a dream of her coming to, back to Houston and that she was going to be in a safe haven. And she said, my house, the townhouse that I had was the safe haven. And um, I didn't understand it, but it was, she said it was Turning Point. Turning Point Ministries is my little uh, performing our school but what I did in there is I did Bible studies it was like a I, it was basically supposed to be a safe haven for people to for the for the kids to come and that they felt like they were safe you know they could dance that's what it was it was originally supposed to be so she saw that and she came back to Houston and I housed her and I housed this other person I cleaned I washed I cooked all the time and for some reason God did not lead me to bring the, my furniture in there it was like very clear you know very um I didn't even have a bed yeah we all it was crazy like nothing every time I tried to bring something in there I it, it couldn't it would just it just n- nothing happened we didn't have a truck to move it so I slept on the floor uh they slept on the floor like we had like a I had like sheets and it was just very it was nothing like we didn't have any furniture or nothing So yeah, we had all of this stuff and um, basically I had every, just the stuff that I needed, just the stuff that I needed, which was pots, different things. We had the restroom. And so what happened was when I told you guys, the person that was living there, I wanted, I made sure that she got her apartment. So I helped her get apartment. She got her apartment. She moved. But I had to like hide, you know, the move the knives, the razors, everything like that. So it was kind of like it was this mental, um, you know, place, space. And so, um, but I already, I've already talked about this story. So I'm not going to get really into it. But I definitely um, forgave that person. And that person is doing great now. I already, you know, talked about her in the sense and everything like that. So God really used this place as a safe haven and as a a healing place for these two people, including myself. And at this time, I was serving these two women in my home. And what happened was when my sibling came, she was very angry. She was very, she was a whole different person. And so the moment she came in, I had this ice tray and I said we're gonna do a facial and this is why I have divine essential cosmetics which is my skincare line that's how I created that when I created it 2018 and um, 
it was she the way she came when she left they you know she had a counselor and they said and she said that she had she was doing so much better after she had came so what we did is that we we did some of the uh as the holy spirit had led me but some um guided counseling that i did with her basically that helped her to uh, go through we went through therapy and counseling sessions and that's what we did in this in this home and so I remember moving out of this home what happened was um, I told you guys the story about the three men coming up there and uh, trying to uh, basically assault me God show me what they're gonna do I ended up moving out because I just it just wasn't safe for me and I remember when I was moving out the moving people came and the man came in and he said <gasps> and he looked around I said what he said it looks like God in here, like God has been in here. And he said, he said, I've come to this apartment complex, but like I've come to these places before. And he said, one place had roaches all in it. And he said, this is the cleanest place I've ever seen. You know, but he, I, he said, it's like, God is in here. <laughs> you know, and I started laughing. I said, well, it's definitely been, it's definitely been, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, it, that was that was such that was such a compliment because I mean the prayer we did in there you know the fellowship eating together cooking I was so happy that I created a place for some for for the people who came you know play, created a safe uh, space for them in that time and so uh, it was just funny so I ended up moving and because of what had happened to me and because of the a lot of the different things that I was still trying to heal from. And the guys rolling, you know, just coming up to my door. I ended up moving into um, a do- uh, a, like an off-campus dorm for my protection, for my safety. I felt that if I moved in with like other people, that I would be um, safe. And even now, like I've moved different places. I've paid like thousands of dollars, but I've still had problems. Um, like just problems like people just I don't know why just get attracted to come and try to come in the door and I don't know and so that's yeah it's, it's crazy so that's something else but anyway I moved there I stayed there for a while and then I ended up um it was just so hard for me because I stayed there temporarily and then um my credit was just so bad and after that that was a temporary stay and then I moved from place to place to place I went from like sublet so what happened was because my credit was so bad because um I went through identity theft and and this happened the identity stuff happened in 2017 but it really got bad in 2018 for me somebody had opened up a car in my name uh they didn't pay the bills my literally my credit is actually still on freeze because of this uh they opened up a um a direct tv account i remember it was so many accounts whatever car they opened up it was a very expensive car because the payments were like up to 700 dollars like a month whatever it was so it was a very expensive car whatever they opened up so that left me and then it was I, it was actually confirmed that i was in that data breach and so i'm actually supposed to be waiting on a settlement i don't know how long the settlement is going to uh, take but it was actually confirmed that I was waiting on it. So I ended up having to stay from um, house to house for 10 months. So I stayed in a hotel. I stayed in Airbnbs. I stayed in motels. I, that's the time I slept outside. And I went through all of this stuff. And um, I was still working. So what happened is I ended up 
this is recent and I'm going to tell you about guys about the recent story of how I went through all this stuff and how going through the journey I went through before prepared me for what I was going to go through now and it really tested my faith so recently I I usually talk about the situations after they happen but this was actually recent recent like uh, a few months ago recent last year recent and what happened was I was working at this job I ended up leaving the ballet job going into uh I went into an office job and I became a I, I, I uh I basically got promoted very quick so I ended up being an assistant manager the manager was a Caucasian woman and um very well-dressed woman she just reminded me like of the devil's wear Prada but she was very fancy and um what happened was I was really excelling in this job and I was getting ready to get promoted to manager I can't well I can't talk about everything but um I'll you know because they actually had to change their whole logo and everything because of what happened with me but um what happened was um I experienced discrimination and wage theft in the workplace so I was working this is how I actually lost everything and became homeless um I was living in a three-bedroom house that was paid for the corp, uh, the, the, the job, the corporate they paid for. It, and I was living in the three, the master bathroom, uh, bedroom. And this was presented to me by the, the, uh, manager because they were paying for this house because they were running another campaign. So I lived there and what happened was I was paying like 600 or something. That's what I was, all I was paying. And, um, I was living there, it was paid. And so I started getting, like I started just really elevating in my job in my workplace and I just remember the manager just being she was like 70 years she was 70 years old but she did not look 70 but I remember her like not wanting to teach me certain things because she didn't want me to excel so I ended up getting having an interview with vice president the president and all of these people and so because I was pregnant they weren't they weren't like trying to she wasn't like she kept on saying well we're gonna wait you know we're gonna wait 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 but what happened was she would go home and she would stay home and she would make me do her job that's what would happen so what happened was I was supposed to get paid what she was getting paid because I was in training I was a manager in training what happened was I ended up finding out God told me to look her up because something wasn't right and so I found out she had a previous fraud situation at another place and many issues which I didn't judge her on even though I looked her up I didn't judge her on that I continued to like still be nice which I was going to do anyway but I knew something was right and then somebody in the workplace had warned me regarding something as well so basically I ended up finding out because I was I ended up working two campaigns so I was supposed to get paid way more. And on one of my checks, like she told me, oh, you're supposed to get paid a thousand something this week. You know, this check is supposed to be this. So I look at my check and I it's nothing close to that, especially me being working two um, campaigns. So I over I went to work one day and I overheard her talking to one of the other managers in a different department and she said 
the other manager said, yeah, the bar is really good. You know, at least you have someone to do this. And this was her. She wasn't coming to work. She wasn't doing anything. I was basically carrying everybody was, I was training the people. They were coming to me when they had questions, everything. I was recruiting. I was interviewing. I was onboarding everybody, just doing everything. And, uh, so she said, well, how much are you paying her? And so when I heard her, she whispered it. And when I, and I heard her and I was like, really, I'm sitting here busting my butt doing all of this stuff and you're lying to me. And so what happened was I would ask her to give me my check stubs and she would never give them to me. She would hide it or she would just give me like half of it. So I knew something was going on. So what happened was I ended up, the the company was ran out of New York. I ended up reporting the issue and wage theft to the people in New York. That's what happened. So I ended up reporting the wage theft to them and they basically looked everything. They basically looked over everything and she basically confirmed that that was going on. That was, That's what was going on. So I didn't feel safe at this point because I had already reported this. So I moved out of the house simply because the lady lived right across the street from the house. I didn't trust the neighborhood and I had already, God was already warning me that I needed to leave. So what happened was during the middle of the night, I packed my stuff while she, why, when I saw that she drove off and out of her yard, I called an Uber, which was a huge van. We got all our stuff and we left and I left. I was nowhere to be found. So I ended up going to, went from there for a hotel and I was back basically homeless going through what I was going through. Uh, I couldn't, I knew I couldn't live there because I wasn't working there anymore. You know, she was mad. Everybody was mad. So I didn't want to put myself like, and then she kept like she kept texting me because she knew she was wrong and she didn't want me to like tell anybody so she texted me and asked was I still living in the house and I said no I was no longer there so I had just already moved because I did not feel safe especially work uh dealing with somebody who's already a criminal who has did fraud and all this stuff in many with many people you know and because they bring a lot of money in they were not corrected and I didn't want to have to deal with that so I ended up going back house to house, back, no, basically hotel to motel. It was very, very hard for me because at this point I didn't have anything. So I had to like, my sister would send me this and that. Uh, I basically used the, the money that I had, that I, the last check that I had, I used it to pay up a hotel. And I ended up going through this until like that October. And so I was pregnant I was going through all this stuff it was very very hard for me you know and uh, what happened was I ended up getting them to give me a settlement and so I said you know what I'm not going to be going through this I went through discrimination so I contacted them I emailed them I asked them for I told them what I wanted I said I only asked for a thousand dollars I didn't, that's all God told me to ask for. I didn't ask, I could have got 30,000. I could have got probably a hundred thousand. These people changed their whole logo. That's how bad it was. That's how wrong they was. And I told, because I told them I was going to get the press involved. It was really bad. So they ended up giving me a thousand dollars with the end. And that's all I asked for. And, uh, because that's that, believe it or not, that was what they owed. They, this lady basically messed me over 
No, she messed me over actually more than that. She messed me over probably like $2,000 cuz I was working two campaigns and I got commissioned. So I was messed over probably that much. But uh and then I didn't even have to go through this. I couldn't even find an apartment. Like I didn't even have money to do anything. So what happened was um I could have asked for way more for how I was treated. It got to the point where, you know, it was like micromanagement in a workplace. I would put something on and she would dress, be dressed up. She would tell me to go change my clothes. Like I've never had anybody to tell me that I needed to change my clothes. Like I didn't look good enough. It was really discriminatory. And I reported that it was very bad. I was always depressed. I was always felt like I was walking on, you know, eggshells because I was trying to be, you know, uh, submissive to authority like I was trying to be respectful because I had learned that I had learned that from going through the journey before so I was trying to be you know not be rude I was still trying to be nice so I didn't say anything that when, when I remember she told me to like she was like you know we're going into a meeting she was very fancy very high maintenance and I had nice clothes and stuff but it was it was a very I worked downtown you know it was very um she all that's all she really cared about so I remember her telling me she was a manager I was like her you know assistant so I remember her telling me to change my clothes and usually I'll be like no I'm not changing nothing you know so because I didn't want to like have any issues and she was my ride to work I just went and changed my outfit and I remember just coming out and I had on like this big skirt, puffy skirt I had on some heels, black heels you know and I remember her saying oh my gosh that looks so you look so nice but it was almost like they she treated me like this it reminded me of like sleeping beauty you know like this princess thing and it just it's just like I wasn't happy because I was like you know this is not what I wanted to wear today I just wanted to be relaxed so I just didn't like that you know but I found myself like trying to not shake the room or not you know and which led me like very uh I, I didn't want to lose my job you know, I didn't want to lose my job. I didn't want to cause any commotion. I didn't want to cause any peace. But there were times where I would tell her, like, there were time, little times where we would actually get into, like, we would get into spats. And we wouldn't, like, argue, but, like, I would tell her, you know, not like, no, you know, that's not right. Or I'm not, I'm not going to do this. So it just got to the point where it just wasn't, um, it, it got to the point it was very controlling. Like, I remember wanting to go to the movies for myself and I remember her telling me you know you shouldn't go to the movies you should come back you know home and I was just like I'm an adult so it was like little stuff like that that really I saw that was like really an issue but overall like she was a good woman but um she had a sweetheart but I felt like there was different things that God was working on her on but Oh, when I saw her, I did not see the things that she did. I did not see the problems that she had. I saw a beautiful, sweet person. That's what I originally saw. But unfortunately, that had to end. So I went through um, being rooted, you know, being rooted. And so even when the scripture says fear went fear you know you would it does not fear when the heat comes when the because the leaves are always green that's how i saw myself i saw myself as like even when all the problems in my life came like i was still rooted i i wasn't i wasn't like it was it didn't it didn't shake me as it did the first time when i experienced it it didn't um 
it didn't have I, I didn't it didn't shake me that way it was a different it was a different feel so I ended up going through that or whatever and then I told you guys before like I told you guys about the company so what happened is the publishing company I have a few businesses I have many streams of income but at that time I was a choreographer I was teaching and that was my main form of income and because I was pregnant and my you know uh back was hurting all that stuff during that time um it was very hard for me to just really do a lot especially going through like I couldn't get up and it, I wasn't like not saying that I couldn't do anything but that's why I changed my what I, my job in the first place because it was very hard on me so what happened was um and I'll tell you guys the testimony and everything how I found out I was having a, a twin and all this other stuff I'll get into that so yeah it's a really beautiful story going through it it's but it's a really beautiful story so what happened is I ended up um God told someone led someone to sell their business to me for pennies on the dollar literally so I ended up becoming an owner of another business and that business ended up getting me out of homelessness and so what happened was during that time I ended up getting clients things started shooting up people wanted to uh, work with me and that's how I got out of homelessness I ended up getting another apartment and um, during in this apartment it was so hard I didn't have a bed my bed was in the storage literally I didn't have anything like I slept and when I tell you guys I slept on um, before I got that before I got the apartment it was, it was October 1st when I moved into that October 1st 2019 before that I was living in um, like still I had to live in another sublet the, it was so like I couldn't even sleep in the bed God told me not to sleep in the bed I was sleeping on the floor I had put a shirt as a pillow and I put a dress as I covered myself as a dress and I slept on the living room floor. The living room floor smelled like they had like a dog. It's my dog uh, piss. You know, I had tried to like clean up the floor. It was so bad. I cleaned it up. I mopped. I prayed over it. The person had like non-perishables in the in the uh, drawer and I asked her, could I please have the non-perishables because I didn't have any food. But I ended up having to pay her for those two weeks. I stayed there for two weeks before I got my apartment. But it was so bad. You know, but in that time, I was still so happy. You know, I was so happy. And uh, I would still post online. Like, nobody knew that I was going through all this stuff because I, I didn't look like it. You know, but I didn't even have a bed. I would sleep on the floor. And then when I moved to the apartment, I didn't have a bed either. I had to still sleep on. Like, I didn't, it was, it was, you guys, I only have, I had, I, at that time, I ended up getting a blanket from, because I was, because I was in school. So that whole flood thing happened. So they gave us like a red cross blanket. So what I would do, I would sleep on the red cross blanket and I would have to cover myself with like a, a, one of my outfits, like a robe. That's how much, that's how I didn't have anything. I didn't have, I was going to the pantries back and forth, um, getting up to go. I would, thank God, like my school had a pantry. So I would go, they would give us 40 pounds a week. I would get up. My back would be hurting. I would get up and walk. I would walk like 15 minutes to the bus stop, get on the bus, go all the way downtown, get back on the bus, go all the way back to Gessner. And I would do that. And I would go get those. I would do that uh, three times a week to go get food. I didn't I didn't shop in a grocery store though that whole time that I was there. 
if I did, I had a little cash, I would go to Family Dollar and get ramen noodles, the little noodles, and I would put broccoli in them and, and shredded cheese. And I would make those little, these little garment-made meals from nothing, you know? And um, I would, man, you guys, it was nothing. Like, I was so, I was so much of a level of poverty, but I was so content and happy you know, I remember I was I had to eat noodles straight. My lights went off. I had to eat noodles straight for two weeks. And it was noodles and peanut butter and water. And I, I would cook those noodles, uh, make those noodles. I made all of those noodles before my lights cut off. And when my lights cut off, I had to use those things and go microwave it in the, in the uh, microwave at school. And I was still pushing through. And that year, 2018, when I had went through all that, this was before the, the situation happened with the job. I was in school. I had started back school. This was before um, getting pregnant again. But I had a, a miscarriage. And I was uh, had to go to the ER. I fell out in the tub. I had a miscarriage in the tub. And I talked about that in the war in the mind. And uh, I got the dean's list that year in school. Nobody thought that I was going to get the dean's list. I didn't know I was going to get the dean's list. I got a 3.7 that whole semester. In, in, uh, I know I ended up having a 3.7. And I passed and I, I would get up and go. To, I remember getting up and being in pain. I would get up and go to school. I would walk. I, that's when I was living in that little off-campus dorm. And I would cry in that room. You know, and that's when I started my skincare line. I started my skincare line in that room, in that little room. That room had a restroom. It had a tub. It had a little restroom, and we had our own little bed. But I, that room, I went through a lot in that room. So before, um, when I changed my job after this, because I want to tell you guys this, when I found out I was pregnant, I found out I was pregnant the day of my Juilliard audition. I had a ballet audition in New York. Um, I was preparing for it and, uh, this was right after the miscarriage. I, uh, was preparing for my Juilliard audition and, uh, you know, right before the audition, I met up with the guy and I took a test and the test was faint because what happened was it was like the same time before my tests were faint and they actually at the hospital they weren't coming out positive they were very my acg was very low like i have a progesterone deficiency so and i'll get into that later but uh it wasn't showing up so i was like you know what i'm not gonna go through this again it's probably just nothing and so what happened before was i actually was pregnant and i was i had a miscarriage i was 14 weeks and no but they didn't know until i had went to the hospital and got that done so the second time i thought i said oh, this is gonna be the same thing so I went, I followed in, with, I went through to my audition in New York and um, I went to the, I went to New York. I didn't tell anybody, like I, they knew I was going to my audition, like all my stuff was ready, everything was ready and God spoke to me and he said, you're pregnant. And I already knew because I, you know, took the test, but he said, you're pregnant, what are you going to do? And I said, well, if I'm pregnant, I'm going to just have the kid, you know. And God had already shown me. I was, I saw I was getting in. I saw God already showed me. Like I just knew it. You know, He spoke to me that I was gonna get into the school. That I was gonna dance. Like I knew that. I knew it. That this time, and uh, that time, it when I found out, and I knew 
it threw me off because I thought about saying I, I can't do both you know I can't do both and so I ended up deciding I was gonna I came back home you know the teachers at the school was already telling me they was like you're pregnant I was like no I'm not pregnant I was just laughing I was like no I'm not but I but God I knew that this was God's will for my life at this time. And so I, I turned down this. And I've turned down a school before. You know, I turned down a all-white ballet school when I was 17. But I was so let down because I had got pregnant, you know. But God turned it into something beautiful. And it was something that I didn't realize that I needed at the time. It was something that I... And, and at the beginning, I was very hurt and I was very let down but I started to realize you know God is doing this and I realized that through this pregnancy like through what I was going through I realized that I didn't have to stop my dreams I didn't have to like stop doing what I was doing because I remember people telling me you know you need to get a miscarriage I mean you need to get like an abortion you know like I know you're not going to keep this baby like this is going to ruin your life like this was what people was telling me before the audition and it was like very depressing you know when you are trying to push through and people around you they don't they're not even your they not they're not doing what you're they're not even caring what you're carrying and they're controlling and I had so many so much of that around in my life you know and um it was so hard for me. It was very a very dark, like, hard time. But starting my skincare line, Penelope Rose Collection, that's the collection based on the miscarriage I had. And it helps me to heal. And it's a it's a um, collection for, you know, pregnant women, uh, skin disorders, you know, different things like that. And so I used my gifts in the time to help me heal and to embrace my pain. And so that's what I did. And so to follow back, going back because I'm telling you guys my whole story uh, God really held me in this time because sleeping on the floor you guys I remember just oh my gosh you know I remember that you're taking a cold shower because there was no heat and I took a cold shower for three no a cold bath it wasn't even I didn't even I couldn't even afford a shower curtain that's how bad it was I remember and I took a cold bath for three days. And I said, and God told me, he said, your your heat is going to go on. Come on. They're going to cut it on. And they cut it on. And I was able to take, I made like a, I turned, what did I, I turned, I didn't even have a shower curtain. I turned um, a tablecloth into a shower curtain. Like that's how I didn't have anything. The $1,000 that I was given from the settlement, I used it to pay an Airbnb so I can stay in there longer. I didn't have this job, wage theft. It took everything from me. I didn't have anything. Nothing saved. That's why I tell people, you know, if you have something, just save it. I didn't have anything. You never know what can happen to you at any time. You can be at the top, the highest point of your life. Like I was a manager. I was getting right there to promotion. And I had got promoted. I was... I got promoted within two months, twice. And so it was so much going on in that time. And so the sales, I mean, my sales were, I, we made $20,000 in sales in a week that, that week. And that manager wasn't even at work. I was running the floor by myself. And we had three people in the room and everybody was so motivated. And the top seller sold twice and th- three times as much, you know? And so 
anyway, I'm trying to tell you guys something because you can be in a situation where you can have it all and you can lose it all in a in a blink of an eye and that's what happened to me but the fact that i had so much peace i was i mean i was sleeping on the floor you guys like no blanket nothing like on the carpet covering my imagine covering yourself with a maxi dress a maxi dress and using using like a like using a balling up a bunch of clothes and using it as a pillow and one of my podcast series, I think it's the first week or the, no, it's dealing with yourself. The Thrive series, dealing with yourself. I was living in this place on the floor when I recorded that. And I, you might hear me. I was walking. It was a townhouse. I was walking down the stairs. I was walking down the stairs and I didn't have a lot. Like I would dance in my studio. I had like tutus and stuff. So after that, what happened was I ended up, um, I ended up getting a job started working I got a job at a dealership so I worked there a little bit and I was running the company so I was doing that and that helped actually helped me to get back to where everything happened so I ended up just moving into something from there I ended up moving into something um better you know like not trying to say better but like a safer area and that's kind of where I'm at at this point um now and I've actually, my lease is actually going to be up and I'll get into the testimony soon, but of, about the house and just different things like that. But yeah, so I've been here for quite a bit. And, um, when I, I talked about that before, like when I moved, my credit was all the stuff that was put on my credit was clear. Like my credit shot up 200 points, like right before moving into uh, this specific place it shot up like to out of nowhere like just shot up uh to like 200 points and I was like so happy because I was like wow restoration so all of this stuff happened you know and so many so much good stuff has happened I am currently an owner of a few businesses um I run a publishing company now from home I um run the virtual studio I do mentoring with students through that I the skincare line I have a quite a bit of things that I actually do and I have other businesses that I actually work for too but now I do everything from home like everything is done from home I have a home office and you know the baby stuff the cribs and everything are prepared and I basically constructed my life from from being this teacher in a like being you guys I would be running to work where my students would be in the car coming to school and they would say mommy there's Miss Deborah and they would roll down their windows and there I was running off the bus trying to get to my 9 a.m class to teach my students this is how I was so running and all this stuff and uh, literally teaching so many classes with Turning Point, you know, my biz, my dance studio business, I was contracting into the schools. So I would be at one school to another school to this school. And um, I was, do- this was the type of person I was. So for me to just have to slow it down, I said, God, I don't want to stop what I love to do. So I ended up constructing and basically my whole home into my, what I do, what I work like, uh, studio time. Um, business, everything, everything is constructed around that, you know, and um, 
I just I just thank God like I thank God for what he he's doing with me and I remember when I was 21 when I had the dance studio and I would work my 38 hours a week at Dillard's and go back to the studio for my students I remember this lady telling me God her name was happy that was actually her name and every time she would see me she would just God would be she would just speak you know prophesy she would speak things and she said uh she said you're going to that building did you how she said you're gonna own you're gonna own a, a building you're gonna have this and gonna have that and I remember she told me she said you're gonna need a butler and I was like a butler I was like I'm broke <laughs> and uh this was like years ago you know and I was running she said you might this this what this little studio this little storefront you have is really small right now she said but this is gonna be big and I just remember the parents the parents were so supportive at my dance studio I remember hearing them whispering and one was talking to the other one and she said, you know, I saw what this place, what this, this turning point, I thought I saw what this is going to become. And then the other lady said, yeah, she has no idea what this is going to become. Like she doesn't see it yet. And so I thought I was going to stay in this, this small little space. You know, I didn't, I was like, well, God, how am I going to, you, you're, you're, I said, God, you told me this is going to be a school. Like God revealed it to me, but I was like, but how? And so, so many people had dreams and said, you know, this is, you're going to do this or you're going to do that. You know, you're going to, I've had many prophetic words of millionaire, billionaire, you know, I've had many of those things. And, um, most of what I'm going to do is philanthropy anyway, but I've seen many of this stuff. And I remember the woman telling me, you're going to need a butler. And I remember this girl saying a butler. She's like, do you know how much a butler costs? And, uh, the woman said, you know, you know, God can take somebody who rubbing two pennies together and make them a millionaire and I and I just got the chills you know because I didn't know this lady this was just a lady who worked with me in a retail store but she was always popping up and God was always using her you know in that time to say things and so I was struggling so much like I was going through so much just in that time at that time I was I traveled to uh uh Ohio um to uh minister I went to minister like I travel like four day two days there and two days back and uh to minister in this youth conference and then I came back and I was doing a lot you know just doing a lot and so at this time there was so much fruit produced that I didn't see there were so many seeds planted and so many seeds were planted in the time that I was that I was um that I was going through all that stuff. There was so much being done that God was doing. And so one thing that I wanted to tell you guys that I wanted to mention is that God created, uh, there was fruit that was, that was happening. And there was a lot of patience and there was kindness that I developed and patience for other people that were not like me. And I want to talk about that because I talk about the different personalities in in, in uh, travailing through trials in the week four, how I had to deal with a lot of personalities. And that was something that I asked God to take me, to teach me my character, to be able to deal with different personalities. Not just like people who like, you know, just arrogant. No, actual di personality, like dif difficult people who did not like me or like who hated Jesus. Like, I wanted God to really use me in these people's lives. And so I want to talk and give you guys a testimony of this guy I met. And I met him in college. I was, um, I had, this is when I transferred colleges. I ended up um, transferring. 
And I remember being in the library and I was typing up a paper and I met this guy. And this is this person is very special to me. Very, very special to me. Um, but I want to tell you guys his testimony. I met him in school and I was sitting at the computer and I was doing my work and we started talking and I said, Oh, what are you what are you in school for? And he was like, he was in school for like uh, philosophy or something like that. And I said, yeah, God is so good. And so I was, I, I thought that I could talk to about somebody, you know, talk to somebody about God. So he was like, yeah, God is so good. And so, but all of a sudden I said, Jesus. And the moment I said, Jesus, this guy flipped. He cursed me out. He said, you worship the devil. Jesus is not, it was just like, whatever was in him manifested and came out of him. And it was totally off guard that the, the librarian, hey, he had to tell us to be quiet. I was like, you know, I'm so sorry I offended you. Like, I wasn't even mad. I was just like, I wasn't even arguing with him. I was just like, oh, I was very shocked. I was very shocked and it hurt me because he yelled at me in front of everybody. He embarrassed me and he was like, you know, you work, Jesus, you worship a devil, you devil worshiper. It was like really bad and he walked off. And I just logged out and I went home and I cried, you guys, I cried. My spirit was so grieved that I went home and I cried. And I felt the pain, I said, I cried, I remember crying, I said, Jesus, you know, why are they so mean? Like, why are people so angry? Why are people so mean? Why don't they see you like I see you? Why don't they understand? And I remember crying and I remember writing the guy a letter as I was crying. I, I wrote him the letter. I, it probably was a teardrop on that letter. But I remember writing him the letter as I cried. And I wrote, you know, I know we believe two different things. I said, and I'm sorry, but Jesus has changed my life. And I said, I wish you could see him for the way I see him. And I was crying writing this letter. And I said, I want you to know I love you so much. And I said, if you, if there's anything you ever need, please let me know. And I said, I'm so, I'm sorry that we had to get, this had to happen, but that's not what, why I can't, that's not what wasn't intended. Like, I'm not like that. You know, I'm not, I have nothing for love, but love for you. I don't want you to be angry at me. And so I remember giving him this letter, you guys. I cried and I gave him this letter and the next time I saw him he got up he was walking out of uh, the um, matter of fact I have to go back I cry at school and I wrote him the letter at school because we had a study hall thing. That's when I wrote him the letter. And so he, I saw him at the computer and I passed him the letter as on my way out of the library. The next day, I saw him in the cafeteria and I walked, I was walking by after this big old blow up. And you know what he said? He said, I love you too. He read the letter and he said, I love you too. That's the first thing he said when he saw me again. I, 
I my eyes got watery. We ran up to each other and we hugged each other really tight. And ever since that day, this guy became my friend. He did not believe in Jesus. He did not know who Jesus was, but that letter changed his heart and softened his heart. The next time I saw him, we, we were talking about a book that he was gonna write. The next time I ended up seeing him four years later and he was in a really bad relationship with this guy and the guy was very abusive. And that's when I prayed for him. And uh, the last time and, and the last time I saw him, God used me and showed me that he was in uh, the sex, uh, like a sex working type of field. And uh, I didn't know. And uh, God showed me. And I went and helped him out of this situation. And he told me we would walk. And he told me his testimony. He told me how he used to be transsexual. And then after he was transsexual, he was gay, you know, like with men. And when I saw this man, I said I had I said I have no idea. You don't you I thought you were straight. I had no idea who you who you were. And I remember the last time I I I saw him, we prayed, me and someone else prayed. And cuz we saw him trapped inside this industry and we prayed. And he gave his he gave his life completely and God spoke some things into his life and showed him why he used me to show to tell him why he was so angry this guy had a call of ministry on his life he fell back he fell back and he said you know i want to tell you something he said when i was young when i was 12 years old this woman gave me a, a this prophet gave me a word that i was a i was going to be a, a minister of the lord and he said and i saw myself on a magazine with the bible and he said i remember i got that word but the, my family was so angry at me because of what I was going through that they tried to say it was for my other brother. And see, a lot everybody in his family or in or most of them are in the ministry in the church except him. And I said, it's always the one person. It's always that person. And when I tell you now, this this guy he ended up he ended up getting off the street. He was homeless at that time. He was homeless for years. Ended up getting off the street. Didn't have to give sell himself anymore. Got him an apartment. Started speaking the word of God. God can change your life. As we was praying for this guy, this man who was riding by, didn't know this man, he was riding by a car, pulled over, ran up to us and joined hands with us. The guy didn't speak. He said he didn't speak English, but he saw a light. He saw a light around by the bus stop and he said, God, something led him. I knew that was an angel of God. Led him. I prayed. I said, Lord, send angels. This man came, rolled over, ran to the, our hands, held our hands and agreed in prayer. When two or three or more are gathered, I'm, when I tell you guys at a bus stop, Somebody who cursed me out and said, Jesus is nothing. Jesus is the devil. This guy has something over his life that the enemy was trying to keep from him and stop him. Your love and the way you treat somebody is attached. This is why I asked God. I said, God, teach me what you want to teach me. 
Let me be able to walk to people who don't look like me on the street and they are able to witness to them. Let me not just be somebody that's on a, a stage or a platform that people can't touch. People can't see me. They, I don't want to touch them because they, they, I'm thinking a demon going to transfer to me. Use me in the streets. Use me down below. Use me where, where I don't, I don't need to be on a platform lower. I told God that. I said, you don't got to put me up there. See, I knew what my calling was. I knew that God would call me to the to the uh, to the uh, street ministry. I knew that God would call me to places where people weren't gonna go, to to people where people weren't gonna see it. I knew that that was what I was called for. So just because I didn't have a bunch of followers, thousands, but no, there are followers. I want to tell you guys some something about this guy. I met this guy. This guy, I met him on the bus. This guy was on drugs. He was doing all this stuff. And I remember preaching to him when I was 19. Two years later, he came back and he told me, he said, I want, so at that time, he was, I was preaching to him. I was even preaching to his friend, which was another guy on the phone. And I didn't know, I was just talk, I was just talking to them. And the guy would listen and this other guy was actually in the game. And so the guy would be, they would be listening. So this guy comes back at, in two years and he tells me, he says, I wanted to ask you, he said, because you pastored, you pastored me. You, t- you the first person who told me about Jesus. He said, you know that guy, Roderick? He was like, yeah, he telling people about Jesus now. And they telling the people about Jesus. He said, the whole hood got saved. He said, I had to go back to figure out where he came from. He said, it's like an octopus. He's like, you the head and all of these I'm trying to tell y'all. He said, do I do I call you pastor now? I said, you don't have to call me pastor. And we started laughing. But this is what they saw me as. I didn't have to see them every day. And there they are, listening and gathering around. And now they're preaching in the whole hood. The whole hood. They, he was like, yeah, the whole hood. You know that girl that used to do that uh, that witchcraft and stuff? Yeah. She talking about, like, we didn't got into, we, we having little meetings and stuff now. Your obedience. You don't know. See, that's why I, I when I when I see all of this stuff like lights and stuff, I'm not I don't be impressed by all of that. The reason is because I know where I'm supposed to be. I know that God has called I know where I came from. That's okay. That's fine. But God has people in different regions to reach different people. It's not all about you being on the stage or this or that. Yes, that's what your people are called to do. Yes, because those Everyone is called to a different region. If you're called to a pulpit, you're called to pastor. That is that is that is still that is strong. There's that's also going to require warfare. But God has warriors, pastors, and different people in different regions that are going to go into places and places that people are not going to go. God has sent me to minister to people's houses. I this woman got delivered from witchcraft. Baptized. I baptized her and her daughter in their in their uh bathtub this woman got saved left her place where she was at moved to a whole nother state and started going to church and started to live her life for Jesus. this woman had a voice like an angel when i tell you it is so much 
where you at, whatever platform you got that God is using you in at this season, use it. It don't matter where you at. It don't matter if you out. God need people out there. There are people that most of my ministry, I'm going to tell y'all, most of my ministry was on a bus. I, I preached to people on the bus. I would just be on there just talking. Talking to people on the bus. Talking to people outside on benches. At bus stops. We would talk for three, four hours just talking. Homeless people. They started to think I was a social worker. I was out with. They started to think that I was a social worker because I was always downtown talking to the homeless people. They was think they was thinking that I was, I would be down there with my dressed up with a little trench coat coming from I don't know where. I would just dress up, just dressing up to go to McDonald's and get something to eat. You know, an ice cream cone. See somebody and talking to them. You know, I'm t- shaking hands with them. They they don't know where I'm coming from. They asking me, am I a lawyer or am I a social worker? And I just would laugh. I was like, no, I'm just coming out today. This is just me coming out. But I didn't shun them. I didn't, you know, think that I was less than them. I was almost a part who they were. Many times they didn't, I didn't come even, I had on regular stuff and I went through it. And at that time when I, when they would see me, I wasn't going through that. You know, I've given many tithes and offerings outside on the street. Many of them. Valentine's Day. I didn't have a date. I was always single. Literally. (laughs) I I remember buying $300 and something worth of stuff. And I went to go pass it all out to the homeless people to make them happy. I gave this one lady a rose and she started crying. I would just sit out there and talk to them. They have a lot of knowledge. You know? It's, man... It's the homeless people. I don't even like to call them homeless. I just feel like they're going through something and they might not have a, a physical place or they're moving from place to place. And God revealed to me that that's my call, my call in the kingdom. It's to build. I'm not going to be in one place all the time. I'm not going to be planted in one place all the time. And I already know that. That's why I'm content. He might tell me to move in the next year to this place. He might plant me there for this place. He might plant me somewhere else. But I have to be flexible. I can't get... like just comfortable with where I'm going to be. And so what I want to tell you guys and encourage somebody is that through this time, through going through all of this stuff, the Lord taught me to be flexible and that seasons is going to change. That's why I say there's an outer season for me and there's an in season for me. Usually when I ministry for me, is not, you know, yes, there's different offices, but ministry for me is not being, like, I don't have to be glamorized on the stage. That's not what it is for me. It's it's an active season. It's I know when I am commissioned. I know when, when it's vacation. If you see me nails usually something done, that's that's my little chill time. But when when it's when it's when I'm in it, I don't be all dressed up like that. I remember going serving at this church and I was going uh to church that day and I had some heels on. Let me tell y'all, I had some heels on. I was going to church and uh, I was over the baptism ministry and I had to get uh, the kids and stuff ready to go up on the stage and all this stuff. And I remember just having uh, some heels on. I was walking to the bus stop and these were some strong heels. Them heels broke down. God told me, he said, you're going to need some flats for this. 
I had to go back in the house and change my shoes. I had I was all dressed up. He said, you're going to need flats for this. Change your shoes. When I tell you that day I was walking all up and down the church, if I would have had some shoes on, God said, you're serving today. Sometimes I would come to church with heels on because I was, I wasn't preaching. I was, uh, it's okay to preach with heels. Like I've, pre- when I preached at the youth ministry, yeah, but God reveals me. He said, you're serving today. You're, you're, you're always serving, but you're serving today. Like you're going to be running up and down. And so I was able to see that I was able to see when to know the difference. Where, where was I submitting at? Where was I going to submit? Did God want me to submit under this pastor? Am I supposed to go to this church and submit for two years and sit there and serve them? Am I supposed to, uh, am I in ministry? There is a transfer. There is, it's not always the same. You know, the fivefold ministry for me is, is not just, yes, this, this could be where I'm most of the time teaching now in the, in the back of the behind the scenes, but God might call me to pastor. He might send me as an evangelist to preach at a church. He might do this. He, he still uses me throughout and I have to be open to be used whatever he is calling me to use, whatever he's calling me to do. I have to be, uh, and usually I, I'm, I'm moving through all of them. I'm moving through all of them. You have to be able to move through all of the, the, the fivefold. If God calls you to just sit there into Bible studies, all of it, serving all of these different gifts, being able to serve, having a humble and submissive spirit is so important because you're not going to be able, you'll be surprised. God might be, he, it's something that he's going to, he's doing. And if people only see us as like, if people see us as somebody that they cannot approach they're not going to be reachable they're not going to be reachable and so I wanted and that's what I want to say I want to say I wanted to share that with you guys that all the stuff that I experience all the stuff that I experience you know I think I, I am so grateful like I am so, so, so grateful I lost everything, y'all, as a team. I was, man, when I went through this little thing with this, when I told y'all how I cried when I was younger, when I went through this, oh, I was like big backpack on. I was scared. I was scared to, I was scared to, I remember my, my biggest fear. I was scared to sleep outside. I was always, I mean, I had to as a child with my mom, but I was scared and I didn't know what would happen to me. And I remember years ago I had, I was so scared because the the last bus, I thought I was going to miss the last bus and I started shaking because I thought I was going to have to sleep at the bus stop. And I was so scared. A few months ago, when I didn't have that little $35 for that little place that I had to stay on that specific day and I had to sleep outside at that bus stop, when I tell you that was the strongest I had ever been, I sat I sat there and I listened to my podcast for hours. I sat there the whole night. I didn't I didn't go to sleep. I just sat there across the street and I sat and I listened to my podcast that whole time. The next day my money came in. From that settlement, I was able to pay it and stay. I moved on from there. I didn't complain. I didn't say, God, why me? I didn't cry. I sat there and I listened and I said, God, it has planted me like a tree. 
God has planted me where all of this stuff is going on around me and I'm not shaking. And somebody might say, well, why you didn't call nobody ask or I didn't have nobody? People, most of the people they had, they were married, friends. I couldn't go there. You know, yeah, I called, I called, most of the people I called, they were, they had husbands. You know, they were, they were married. And I, I completely understand their boundaries. I mean, my sister wasn't, my sister wasn't uh, in Houston. You know, God didn't lead me to go back to where I was, I came out of because at that time I told you guys how I ended when I went back home, all of a sudden my aunt got upset when my sister came back from college and she kicked us out out of nowhere. I was, I was helping a friend, babysitting a friend's uh, kids and helping her out while I was working. And I came home one day and my aunt got upset and my sister, when she came back home that, that time and she kicked us out, that was 2017. So I didn't go, I hadn't been back home since then. I didn't leave on my, on my choice. So yeah, it was, it was me rolling. And so when people visit and they come to visit, they say, well, how, you know, how, how did you get all of this stuff? You know, this is so inspiring. You lost everything and you, yeah, because this, that's just material things. Everything that was taken away from me, I didn't have, a year ago, I didn't have nothing. I didn't have zero squat. I was sleeping, sleeping on some clothes. I had to bathe in the sink one time. I was going to work and I was so dressed up, nobody knew what I was going through. I slept on a gymnastic mat bathing in the sink. Eating, had a mini fridge, eating on an electric stove. See, I'm trying to tell you guys, if you can't survive, like I asked God, I said, God, I knew this is what I was called to do. You put, you could put somebody in a desert today. They're not going to be able to survive in a desert. They're not going to survive one day in a desert. One day. Those people in the Bible, in the wilderness, they was eating locusts and all this other stuff, manna. And, and the people, they God gave them manna and they were still complaining. I told God, I said, you know, that, that, me being rooted, man, I ain't know, I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't know I was going to go through that. But my whole attitude, I was sitting back like, okay, okay, God, I'm getting through the, and it was, it was hard. Okay, God. I became humble, having everything before, like looking at stuff, getting massages, like being able to pay $100 massages, like nothing, coming, living five-star hotel, all this stuff, to coming to land on, on clothes. Being, sleeping outside on the bus stop and then seeing a rat run by and not being scared. I would have threw up and fainted and fell out a year, a year ago, two years ago. But I knew God called me to something. You can you can go you could go in, in, in re, into another nation and you can go you can go in a, and live in a nice hotel and go to them places and be in front of them people. See, God called me God called me to the underground stuff. I can't I can't 
You people could do that. You can you can you know have all of that. But you can but there's a there you gotta break your pride in order for we you know, I'ma tell y'all, see I I couldn't do it. I could not do it before. I was not rooted before. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I was not rooted before. You can see you see people and just because people you can look lavishing and everything like that too. Yeah. People see me, they they be like, Oh my god, you got this and you got that. But there's an in and there's an out of season. I know when God is calling me to serve. He is always calling me to serve, but I know when he calling me to get down and get dirty. Everybody not going to see me looking one way. I remember seeing some, but they was like, oh, you know, I didn't know these people knew me. I was walking down the street and, you know, I had like a, my hair is originally short. And so I guess online, like I had like a, a long hairstyle. So when they saw me, like my hair was short. And so I heard them talking. They was like, yeah, I know her. And I was, they was like, oh, the other girl was like, what's that? I don't know. I saw her online somewhere, but she had like, her hair was different. You know, yeah, I, I get my nails and stuff done. I, I can do all of that too. But usually when I'm at home, you'll see me in some sweats. You'll see me in some glasses, probably because I'm working. I'm, I'm literally working. I'm doing things, you know, and God showed me how to submit and submission is nothing bad is to serve to know when you need to you know we got to know when we what season we called into what, what we called into we got to know that we have to know that there will be times god i would just go to a church and sit and i remember going to this church and when i when i arrived a pastor said oh i felt your spirit was here you know and every time she would see me she would like she wouldn't bow at me like I was like God or nothing, but she would like do this little, you know, like nod thing. And she was like, Oh, I just knew you were here. You know, I felt you were here. And I would sit, I would sit in the congregation. And you know, when I would sit there, like they would look, they would look that, you know, they would see, but I wasn't there to, I was there to worship. I was actually sitting. I wasn't there to lead. Like I wasn't there to call out nothing. I wasn't there. I was just there to worship. I was there to praise God. Like that was me. But they recognized my leadership without them even knowing who I was. But I was only there to, this is what I was doing. There's different times where God called me to, he said, okay, you're going to go here and you're going to help this pastor out. I'm able to know when God wants me to submit under somebody without having an issue. I know that it's not all about me. I already know when you know your office and you're confident in your office, you're not going to have a problem with being under or like if God calls you to to help out, you're not going to have an issue with it. You know, you're not going to. This is why when I talked about in the in um, the one of the other I talked about this, I think, on a, on a Facebook post, how I was cleaning the, I was uh, sweeping the floor and I was dressed up. So like I was always dressed up in my leotards, uh, uh, buns, makeup on, like I was teaching ballet, very glamorized. And I, uh, one of some, one of the teachers saw me sweeping the floor and she said, why are you sweeping the floor? We can get somebody else to do that. I said, no, you know, I'm just sweeping. I'm just sweeping the floor. Like they were so surprised to see me sweeping the floor. And it's like, it's I wanted I just wanted to get this up you know I can do this right here while no one is here I was filling in the gap because no one uh the I think they came the janitor came in late so I was just filling in the gap I would even clean my windows and the classroom 
you know? And I remember the owner giving me a bonus because I cleaned up and I was like, I th- thought that this is what I'm supposed to do. But every, nobody else did that to their classrooms, you know? But this is what I always saw to do. When, even when I worked for other people, I would clean the restrooms. I remember I was at this job and I clean, I got in trouble for cleaning the restroom because it wasn't specifically my job, but I didn't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? So it was little things like that. And I'm not saying I got in trouble with like a bad way, but they were like, no, you don't. That's not what you're, you're doing. You know, you're supposed to be doing this. Somebody else is doing it. But see, it wasn't me. Like I didn't get in trouble, but it was like, uh, no, like, no, you're not, that's for them. That's for somebody else. You know, you don't, but it was no one there to do it. And so I did it, you know, so it was just me filling in the gap because I did it. And so people would look at me and be surprised that I would take on a lowly or what they seem to be lowly because janitors make a lot of money, you know, housekeeping, they make a lot of money. So I don't know why people, you know, they make money for real, but people was not surprised to see me doing something like that because they looked at me as being a higher or higher standard and I did not look at myself as being like that it wasn't that I was not confident I just know that I am a servant to Jesus Christ and like I can work as a janitor and I can still be seen as in the highest place so I always strive to do what I feel something is low or something that people don't think that you should do. That's what I, because it humbles me. It humbles me, you know, and that's why when people see me, they like, your stuff is like, what? This stuff, you fancy up here, you know, and, and, and I'm like, oh yeah, this just this. This ain't nothing, you know, because it's okay to like, you don't see millionaires, you know, they don't have like a, all these followers and stuff some of them they have they they really like they don't have all of that they don't have all these flashing lights and stuff they don't dress all fancy and stuff you you don't even see them most of the time they're hidden they're very humble you know and you'll be surprised I, I met this millionaire behind me in Walmart he was going to Walmart you know you would expect him to go to Target or somewhere but he was at Walmart with me so it's like you just don't know who you come in contact with you really don't know who you meet you know so it's not about like people want to do the next stage just because people go to fancy restaurants. That don't mean they probably got a credit card. You know, you don't know. It's okay. It's nice to eat great places, but I mean, it's okay to buy stuff that's not name brand. It's okay to buy different things. I've tasted foods in grocery stores that wasn't, yeah, I get organic stuff, you know, gluten free because my diet now. But I remember buying some orange juice that was off brand and Somebody looked at me crazy because it was an off-brand one. I was like, no, this one actually tastes better to me. Like, it's okay, you know? And, um, but I've, I have went grocery shopping where people are like, no, you need to get what, you need to get this. You need to get this because I do like to still shop for, for a bargain. And uh, it's it's just so funny. And it's, it's, it's still people like that even now, you know? So it just depends on what you like. So I wanted to encourage you guys that stay rooted stay rooted in what God is calling you to do stay rooted in your journey and allow him to build your character and through that through my experience this is what I went through your your journey might not be the same God might not be tell you probably already went through your journey you let go what you let go it helped you build and just because something 
it's not time for something in one season doesn't mean it won't be time for it in another season and that's what happened with me I let go of so much stuff in the past and God restored it in my life every single thing every single thing even my pet like my pet the cat that I had that I had to leave God restored the same it looked exactly the same the same one I adopted that looked exactly the same looked like as if I picked back up my life from years ago so I want to encourage you to know that God will restore every single thing in your life that he he wants and it, that is a part of his will so continue to be encouraged so let me go ahead and pray dear heavenly father we just come to you today God God I thank you for uh, this podcast series I just pray that whoever on whoever's on this podcast that they are rooted in you that they stay rooted in you you continue to bless them whatever if they're going through anything right now god give them a revelation as to why they're experiencing it and teach them what they need to know in the process even if it, it doesn't mean that they did anything wrong it doesn't mean that they are they fell short some things you can just be preparing them and developing their character so i pray that you teach them god and you continue to teach them and that they continue to grow in you in jesus name all right you guys be blessed stay safe And remember, keep pushing and travailing through your trials because there is something on the other side that is needed that you might not even know yet. All right. I will speak to you guys next time in week three. I love you guys. Bye bye.